Good to be with you again. We had a wonderful convention with the presence of the Lord, and it's nice to be back with our Waverly family here. You know, it was really uh, different for us um, not being able to come for two years uh, to Waverly. That was the longest stretch since the 90s that we haven't been able to be up and be with you guys. And and so we're, we love you guys, and we're so happy that we can have fellowship again and share with you in the presence of the Lord and the Word. And, you know, that, that thought, behold, I want to do a new thing. I love that God does new things. He doesn't just do old things. He's always, he's the God of new things. And at someday, everything's going to be new. I look forward to that. <laughs> I'm ready for some old things to be gone away. <laughs> you know, and I, I appreciate it when God speaks new things. Because when he speaks new things, it brings new life. And I just wanted to share a, a bit on that. We've been doing a series on the life of David in our church and how he's a role model for the church and uh, as the New Testament believers. And, you know, he's a, an example of how we fight our battles, how we worship the Lord, how we make him our rock and our fortress. And, you know, even, even at the convention, we heard in one of the messages about how we need to take on the Davidic mantle in our lives if we're going to make gains over the enemy, if we're going to bring down our giants of oppression. You know, we have to fight those battles in that same spirit that David fought Goliath. Um, now, there's one area I just want to touch on in David's life that you see time after time in, in each story that you can read about him. And I think it really made all the difference. It was kind of the foundation of his relationship with the Lord and perhaps what made him a man after God's own heart. And it was his ability to inquire from God and to hear from him. And that affected every decision he made in his life, in his ministry, as, as his place as the king over Judah and then over Israel. And you can... It doesn't always expressly say it, that David heard from God and did it. It does quite often. But you can read between the lines, you know, no one goes and takes on a giant unless you have a word from God. Unless you know God is on your side and he's with you and he could proclaim, I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord of hosts because he sent me to defeat you. All right, so he went because he heard from God. He knew God was his rock and his fortress you know, he, he heard from God when he came back and found that Ziklag, the, the town they were staying in, was burned and all their possessions taken and their families taken. He was able to hear, inquire first, and then hear from God that he should pursue and he would recover all. He got his battle plans from the Lord when he faced the Philistines. And because of that, he experienced the God of the breakthrough, the breaking forth upon his enemies because he could hear from heaven. We need to hear from heaven today. We must have that connection of hearing the voice of the Lord. You know, Psalm 95 is often, it's untitled, but it's often attributed to David. It has a very prophetic flow where God speaks to his people. And he says this, Psalm 95, 7, he says, for he is our God. We're the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, today, if you'll hear his voice. I often think of that phrase, today, not yesterday or the day before or last week or last year, 
Now, sometimes we're still going on what God has said because he hasn't spoken something afresh to us and we're just believing him. But the, the challenge is always today, if we can hear and be led by the voice of God, don't harden our heart as in the provocation, the temptation in the wilderness, when they would not hear and respond to the voice of God. That is really their downfall. That generation died in the wilderness because they would not hear or respond to God's word. And so the cry of the shepherd king is today. Let's hear the voice of God. Let's respond to him. And David lived that day by day according to the voice of the Lord. And it was more than just a nice concept for David. You know, a lot of times it was life or death with him, wasn't it? When he was in the wilderness. I was just thinking of 1 Samuel 23. You remember the story where he heard about this town, Keilah, and the Philistines were fighting against it, and he, something, he felt something in his heart, like, I need to help them. His men felt something different. They said, David, we don't want anything to do with the Philistines. We're already running from Saul. But he inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, go help them. So he went there, defeated the Philistines, a mighty victory, and he's there celebrating. And then he hears, oh, Saul heard, he knows David's in Keilah. And, and so David gets a sense, I wonder if these people are going to turn me over to Saul if Saul shows up. So he asked the Lord. And the Lord, uh, or he says this in, in Psalm 23, verse 12. He says, Lord, will the people of Keilah deliver me to Saul? And God responded, they will. And that was that. He said, okay, guys, we've, we've delivered them, but God says get out of town while the getting is good because Saul's coming. But, you know, hearing from God literally saved his life many times. He had to develop an ear to hear what God was saying each day. You know, godly principles are so important in our lives. We have to have the foundation of his word and godly principles but in, real, in reality, they're not, a source of, not always a source of direction. You know, we can read the Bible and we can say, well, Lord, what verse are you speaking to me today? Because I need direction. We can have the, the godly principles, but we so need his voice to direct and guide us to show what way we should go. I want to share a story that I think really represents the concept of the protection of God's voice, at least for, for uh, us as believers today. I, I heard a, a pastor, he was sharing a story how he had traveled previously to Costa Rica and uh, they were planning another trip. And he was so excited about it and just thinking about this trip. But at, at the closer he got, the more he started to feel something in his spirit, like there's something unsettling about this trip to Costa Rica and I don't know. And he was just kind of seeking the Lord, and he didn't understand why it was a struggle for him to think about going. And, and so he went on a long car trip, and he said he prayed in the Spirit the whole time, just spoke in tongues. But he said that desire started to turn to a dread. And he, he recognized God was speaking to him, don't go to Costa Rica. So he called up his friends, and, and they said, well, why aren't you going? And he couldn't really give a legitimate reason other than, you know, God had to give him like a, thus saith the Lord, don't go to Costa Rica, but he knew God was speaking in his spirit. And so all he could respond was, well, I, I, I don't want to go any longer. 
And so on the day of his trip, the plane that, was, that he would have been on, taking off from Mexico City and landing in Costa Rica, it crashed on takeoff in Mexico City. It killed all 169 people on board. And the Lord warned him. And because he listened to the voice of the Lord, he lived. And he has a ministry today because of that. And, you know, I firmly believe there are going to be times uh, in the days to come when hearing the voice of the Lord will save our lives in the natural. It will save us and protect us and, and guide us, whether it will be from terrorism or natural disasters or, or just the judgment of God coming upon our nation in different ways, hearing his voice will save and sustain us in the natural. And so there is that aspect. We need to hear the voice of the Lord and, and learn to trust in him. But putting aside that thought of the natural for a moment, because we, we do want to live and avoid disasters and all that, that kind of thing, but but there's the, the real and true purpose of hearing God's voice is not just to preserve us naturally, but it's to give us life spiritually, that we receive life from heaven. In John chapter 6 and verse 63, it says, It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh doesn't profit us anything. It profits nothing. But the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. God has words today that he wants to speak to our hearts that they are spirit and life. They will bring spiritual life, eternal life, eternal fruit, if we'll hear them. You know, God's word, both in the, in the written form and, of, and in the form of the quick and rhema word, where he speaks directly to us, where we can feel in our spirits that God is putting his life within us. You know, when we're disconnected from that sense of his word and being grounded, relying solely on his word, really it's a disconnection from spiritual life. But when we're connected to him and hearing his voice and following him, there's life. So you could say to the degree that we are connected to the word of God and to his voice, we are connected to his life. Now, there are many things that we could say about, uh, you know, the voice of the Lord and hearing his voice. Uh, Pastor Tucker wrote a whole book on it. So if you want to learn more, please pick up that book and read it and study it. Um, but there's just a few points that I want to bring out concerning uh, the voice of the Lord and hearing his voice. And the first is, is from a verse that was really quickened to me recently. I had not really associated this uh, in the past with the voice of the Lord, but it was really quickened to me um, that to hear God's voice, we often have to make our cry heard unto him and he responds to us. And, um, you know, we can refer to that little verse in James. This isn't the verse. This is a pre verse to that verse. But James 4 says, 4 2 says, we have not because we ask not, right? We need a word from God. Then we need to ask, Lord, oh, speak to me today. Lord, I need to hear from you. But we, there can often be something that maybe rises up in our heart and maybe a little question, are you sure you want to ask? Uh, what if you don't hear anything? What if he's silent? 
What if I'm being presumptuous? But that's not the heart of God. God longs to speak to us. He longs to to reveal his heart to us. Instead, we should listen to Isaiah 41. And I want to read this these verses with you. Isaiah 41, verse 17. It says, The poor and the needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. Yet I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. Verse 18. I'll open rivers in the desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I'll make the wilderness a pool of water, the dry land, springs of water. And we see a a wonderful picture here, the poor and needy. That's us. We need the Lord. It's dry and thirsty, and God leads us even into experiences where, oh, we need a word from him. We need a touch. We need fresh life. We need an outpouring of his spirit but there is none. You know, the, the verse is honest, but there is none unless we cry, unless we lift up our voice. Oh God, meet with me. And then God says, I will hear them. That's his promise. I will hear them. God hears. Notice it doesn't give a time frame. Right? So the implication is we cry until God hears and responds and pours out. But then when he pours out, what does he do? This this was such a wonderful thought. It says he pours water on the desolate heights. You know, we're seeking the high places of God, but sometimes they can feel desolate. When you're uh, climbing a mountain, you don't expect to see a lot of people up there because there's a lot of effort involved in climbing a mountain. You expect, well, there's probably not going to be many people in the heights, but God is there. And he said, if we cry to him, he'll give us rivers in the desolate heights. He'll meet with us there. He pours out upon us. I'll open a river. And then it says in the valleys, in the valleys, from the heights to the valleys. And have you ever looked at people and and you say, man, they live such normal lives. It doesn't seem like they're experiencing the pressures that I'm experiencing or the challenges or the ups and downs that I'm experiencing. What's going on? Well, if we allow God to take us to the heights, we can expect him to also bring us to the valleys, to the low places. But that's because we're, we're going places. We're going from height to height. Strength to strength, mountaintop to mountaintop. And to get from one mountaintop to the next, there's usually a valley or two in between them. And so we're going there to the heights and we're going to the the valleys. But in the midst of that valley, he has a promise. He makes a wonderful, refreshing pool of water. And that's his desire for us. You know, so often... It's through the precious words that he speaks to us in those places, in those experiences, being in the heights of the mountains and the depths of the valleys, that he gives us that refreshing word from him, that life. But when we consider those in the middle, those in the plains, you know, they're not experiencing the difficulties or the troubles. Really, it's that group that's not moving on. They found the good place. That's this is a nice place. I found a little source here, and 
let's stay here. We don't have to have the troubles of the heights and the valleys anymore. We can stay here. But to go on in God, we experience the heights and the depths, but we also experience the life that he pours upon us because we hear his voice as we cry to him. I was reading, as I was continuing in Isaiah, there was another verse that was quickened to me um, regarding his voice. Isaiah 45 and verse 19. Because sometimes we fight doubts about should we ask God to speak to us about this situation or will he speak? But Isaiah 45, 19 says, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, Seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. You know, God has not spoken in secret in a way that we cannot hear and perceive. He did not say to Israel, you're going to seek me in vain. He says he is a God of righteousness and he'll answer us. He'll meet with us as we cry to him. He wants to speak and declare what is right for our lives and lead us in a good way. He wants to be involved in the decisions we make. And so he wants to speak to us. I will say in all of this, there is a learning process, isn't there? In learning to recognize God's voice and hear what, hearing what he wants to say and discerning him. It's, it's not a natural process. In fact, natural things, a natural way of thinking will quite often get in the way of us hearing from God in the spirit and in our, in our inner spirits of recognizing the voice of the Lord. And the prophet Samuel is kind of a prime example of that, isn't he? As a young man coming into the temple and, and serving the high priest Eli, God was speaking to him, but he didn't even know. He thought, oh, it's my master speaking to me. And he, we can read the story and, and 1 Samuel chapter 3, this was during a time of drought, but not a natural drought. It was a, a time where the word of the Lord was precious, but God was speaking to little Samuel. And very few in, in Samuel's day heard the voice of the Lord in order to convey it to other people. Seems like we're in a similar time of those who can hear God's voice in situations and, and speak what he's saying. They're rare and precious in our day. But we know the story of Samuel, of how God is calling out to him at night, Samuel. And he thinks it's Eli, and he goes to Eli. And that happens again, and it happens three times. And finally, Sam, or Eli realizes, I think that must be the Lord calling for Samuel. And so he says, Samuel, the next time you hear that, say, uh, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so he goes back to bed and, uh, and he hears the Lord. And I, I heard a quote that I thought was pretty good. It's, it's, the quote goes like this. It says, it's never the Lord who is not speaking, but it's us who is not hearing. God is speaking, but it's us who need to learn to recognize he is speaking to us. He, he desires for us to hear his voice, we think it's something else or we just, we're not tuned in to hear him. But God wants to speak to us. And, and of course, 
Samuel learned to hear the voice of the Lord, and he became the source of, of the voice of the Lord for the whole uh, tribes of Israel as the judge of Israel, as he learned God's voice. And, you know, that, that's something that Jesus told us as well about the voice of the Lord. You know, that wonderful verse in John 10, 27, where Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. It's the mature sheep that have learned to recognize the voice of the good shepherd. And so there's, it's not the lambs, but it's the sheep. But, you know, so if we're lambs, we look to the sheep. Oh, the sheep are going somewhere. We better go there with them. We better line up with them. But it's the, it's the sheep that have learned the voice of the good shepherd. And so there's that learning process. And, and in fact, there's a humility to that of recognizing, you know, I, I still need to learn the voice of the Lord. And sometimes I, I hear his voice. I need to confirm that I'm hearing the voice of the Lord. I need to submit that word to leadership and get confirmation and guidance and direction and so forth. And that's so important. I remember, uh, well, I remember, I will be forever grateful to Pastor Tucker because there was a time when there was a hurricane bearing down on us named Irma. And they were proclaiming it the biggest hurricane of whatever the century or, you know, it was pretty big. And we felt in our spirits we should stay, but we had a lot of pressure of people calling us saying, get out of town. Florida's going to be destroyed and wiped off the map. And, you know, that, that was a tough situation to be in. But so we called up the Tuckers and, and basically said, help, what should we do? And, and I remember he prayed and he got a word from the Lord and he felt a verse from Isaiah, a little phrase in Isaiah 30 and verse seven. He said, their strength is to sit still. And that word ministered to us and gave us peace in the midst, literally in the midst of a storm. And God preserved us and the hurricane went off to the east and we, we just had some wind. But God was so good in that, but I was so grateful for the word of the Lord. And grateful I had the humility to call up and say, would you speak or, or could you inquire of the Lord? And, and, and God spoke. And there's times we have to do that. You know, there's, a, there's another aspect that even as we learn to hear God's voice like Samuel, that we can have trouble recognizing him. You know, because Paul said this in, in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 10. He said, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in this world. There's many kind of voices in this world. And now, he, while he was speaking in the context of many different languages, it's also in the context of uh, spiritual gifts. And one of the greatest spiritual gifts is hearing the voice of God, being able to discern his voice. And you know, there's many other voices uh, that we have to learn to discern between the Holy Spirit or the human spirit or sometimes other spirits. And we have to learn to recognize and discern the voice of the Lord. I remember when I was a young Bible school student, I was still learning and having trouble discerning the voice of the Lord. And I went to Pastor Bailey and was just sharing some things I was feeling and the struggle. And I was really surprised at the story he shared with me. It's always stayed with me. I'll try and share it in the same way he shared it. And so he said, well, there was a pastor driving the car 
And he felt suddenly the Lord speak to him in his spirit, quick, turn left. And so he turned the car left. He went down that road and he was driving along. And then, then he felt in his spirit, quick, quick, turn right. And he turned right. And he's like, wow, where am I going? What, where's the Lord leading me? And then he felt it again, quick, turn left. And he turned left again. And, and not in a few seconds, bam, he ran into a ditch. And it's at that moment, he realized he hadn't been hearing from God. It was another voice. <laughs> now, that was comforting to me as a young man because it helped me to realize there are many voices. And I don't need to listen to every voice or every feeling or every little prompting. And I had to learn to discern the voice of the Lord. You know, because trying to respond to every little voice and prompting, it's going to steal your peace and cause you to strive. But when we can learn to recognize his voice, and sometimes we need confirmation and you have to go to your leadership, I'm feeling this, but I don't trust myself. Pastor, what do you think? Or parents, what do you think? You know, we want to have the humility to do that. And it brought such a, a rest in learning to recognize the voice of God. And in that, there's that thought of, of practicing. That it, it's not just one experience, but many experiences. You know, we read that in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 10, uh, where he said, there's many voices, none of them without, without signification. Now, he's speaking about languages, but there's something we can get from this, where it says, uh, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I should be unto him, verse 11, I'll be unto him that speaks as a barbarian, and he that speaks of a bar barbarian unto me. But verse 12 even so, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. And so Paul is saying, seek and practice those spiritual gifts. Seek after it. Continue that they grow in us. And if we're going to hear the voice of the Lord, there have to be many times where we avail ourselves and say, Lord, would you speak to me? Lord, I'm just opening my heart because I want to be directed by your Holy Spirit. We can kind of get into a rut of, well, God speaks when in the big times. But, you know, God, I feel very strongly God wants to speak to us day by day, even about the little things. Because if we can hear him in the little things, we'll hear him in the big things. And he says, seek that we may excel. There's certain people I, I respect in, in, uh, in life and, you know, in, uh, as leaders because they excel not just at, like, at ministry of preaching or have gifts of, and so forth. I really respect those who excel in hearing God's voice because that's where life comes from. They're connected. Jesus, it says of Jesus this in Isaiah 50 and verse 4, says, he has awakened my ear to hear as the learned. That's my prayer. I, I try to pray that as often as I can. I have a goal of praying for it every day. Sometimes I forget. But Lord, open my ear. I want to excel at hearing your voice. Because that brings life. And protection. And strength. Every good thing from God comes through his voice and his word entering our lives. Now, I wanted to just touch one 
last practical way, because you, you might say, okay, well, how do I hear the voice of God? Again, if you really want to know that, there's a good book written by Pastor Tucker on hearing God's voice. I would encourage you to, to read and study that. But there's one practical way I've found in learning to hear the voice of the Lord. And in Psalm 46 and verse 10, the psalmist says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes the most important thing we can do when we're trying to, to hear from God, and, and you know, usually when we need to hear from God, the situation is a little chaotic or we're worked up and we're like, Lord, I need to hear from you. Sometimes the most important thing is be still and know that I'm God. I found that as I quiet myself and just have times of sitting before the Lord, not trying to fill it with lots of prayers. I mean, there's, there's a time for crying out, Lord, help, help me. I need you. But then there's a time if we, have, if we want to hear from him where we have to quiet ourselves so that he can speak to us. He doesn't always speak in the moment. How many of you realize that, right? You've quieted yourselves and you're, you're like, okay, Lord, I'm setting this time, this time aside. Speak. Your servant hears. And it's just silence. But you know what I've found? Is that if I do that, and, and I would say it's quite often that I don't hear something from the Lord in that quiet time. But as I do that, then maybe in the morning, I'll get up and I'll wake up with a word on my spirit. Or I'll open my Bible Later on, not, you know, even forgetting that I had that quiet time, I go about my day and maybe the next day I open my Bible and all of a sudden God quickens something. But I, I firmly believe it's linked to that thought of, of making that time of quieting ourselves. Lord, I want to hear from you. Speak to me. Open my ear to hear what you're saying. And, you know, for, for myself... Uh, a lot of times it can happen in the night because, you know, sometimes I, I, I can't sleep and, and I'll toss and turn. And, and uh, I found that, you know, if I can't sleep, that's a very practical time to wait on the Lord because uh, either two things are going to happen. I'll sit there and God will speak to me or I'll sit there and I'll get tired <laughs> and I'll fall back asleep. But, you know, I found that practical to, to, to make those, or important, I should say, to make those times, Lord, I'm just going to wait upon you. Lord, I want to quiet myself because I, I so want to hear from you. And not just because I need to hear from you, because I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your words of life, you know, speaking to my heart and illuminating uh, your written word. And so I've shared this message on, on David's life. It's something very practical, but something so very important. How David learned to hear God's voice, uh, which helped him become a man after God's own heart. And God desires us to enter into that same way of life. You know, you could call it the, the, the Davidic mantle, but really it's just following in the example that David made for us in hearing and seeking after God 
or as he says, inquiring in his temple. He wants to speak to us. Now, I want to close this service out with something I don't normally do, because last night I couldn't sleep. Surprise. And so I decided, okay, Lord, I can't sleep. I'm going to, I'm just going to wait upon you and and, you know, if you speak to me, that would be wonderful. If you help me fall asleep again, that would be wonderful too. But in this instance, he, he decided to, to speak to me. Um, and, and it was something I felt he wanted me to share at the closing of the message. And so I'm just, I wrote it down last night. And I want to share it with you as I felt prompted by the Lord to do so. And this is what he shared. He said, A great wind is coming and is even now here where those who are founded upon the sand will be blown out of Zion. But come and inquire of me and I will show you the areas where you are building on the sand of your own ways and your own will. Submit to my working in your life and I will found you upon the rock. For the days are coming and are now here where only those who are founded upon the rock will remain on my holy mountain. And I felt it so strongly last night as the Lord was speaking this, is God is causing strong winds to blow in our day. And if there's any area in our lives that's upon the sand, it's not a good foundation. We're not connected. Sometimes there's things that can get into our lives that disconnect us, our own will and our own way. You know, we think something differently, and that wind can come, and it can move us out of our place. But if we present ourselves to the Lord, and that's what I felt so quickened with, with this thought of hearing from his voice, and, and, and he wants to speak to us in the high places in the mountains and in the valleys, that if we present ourselves to him, say, God, just show me. Show me. Is there any area in my life where there's a sandy foundation instead of the rock? He is more than willing. He, more, he is more than able. And he desires to reveal that to us. As it said in Isaiah, did, did not he say to Jacob, seek me not, or He did not say to Jacob, seek me in vain, but he declares to us the right, the things that are right. And so maybe if we can, uh, the musicians can come and we can just sing a little uh, song and worship the Lord and I'll come back. And I just want to pray because I feel the Lord is here and he's inviting us to, to come to him, to him and present ourselves to him. And ask him to speak to us, speak to our hearts and our lives and say, Lord, if there's anything, cleanse it. Let me be founded upon the rock so I won't be moved. You know, I believe the Lord is here and he wants to meet with us. He wants to come and found us upon the rock. And and if there's something in this message that spoke to you, you know, maybe it's, Lord, I want the ear of the learned. Lord, I want to hear you like David. Lord, open up my ear. Or maybe if there's something where you realize, you know what? I need that done in my life. 
there's some sand there. God's been speaking to me. And I need the, to present that to the Lord and ask him to come and cleanse that and remove that because I want to be founded upon the rock so that the wind won't blow and move me out of place. And if God, has, as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if God has spoken that to you, just lift your hands. Lord, I need you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for your many words to us. Lord, thank you for your words of life. And Lord, we, Lord, we know that you see the hearts of those who have presented themselves, Lord, before you this morning. Lord, we just cry out to you. Lord, do a fresh work. Lord, do a new thing in our midst. Oh God, would you bring a fresh cleansing? Lord, would you even bring a fresh identification of things that, that need to be shorn up? Lord, things that need to be corrected, things that need to be dealt with. Oh, would you bring clarity? Would you bring life? Oh God, and Lord, we just present ourselves as those who long to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying today. Oh God, cause us to hear you, that we would be founded upon the rock. Give us hearts to receive your words. Oh God, and to walk in them today. Oh, Lord, make us to be those who could hear your voice. Teach us and lead us in your way. Guide us, O oh God. Oh, that we could walk in the protection of your spirit, but Lord, even more in the life. Oh, in the joy, in the strength, in the anointing of your precious Holy Spirit. Oh, we invite you to come afresh. Do that afresh in our midst. Do a new work. Do a new thing in our midst. We ask, blessed Holy Spirit, Oh, we open our hearts to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.